are you suffering from empty nest syndrome? Well, I've got here today with me, Jill Bennett, who is gonna to talk to us today about how she's prepared for empty nest syndrome and how she's actually managing it now. First of all, Jill, I'd like to ask you what generally affects you on a, uh, in a stressful way on a day-to-day -day basis? I think things not being, um, not going according to plan. Mm -hmm. So I come from a forces background. I was a forces child and my father was very much a military man. So everything was always planned and organized. And to me, I love to have routine in my life. And my lifestyle has changed as many other empty nesters will have in the last few years uh, or may have just changed with, with students starting to go to university now. And I think when you don't get up and go to work every day or you don't get up and make sure children get off to school every day, it can be less easy to have a proper routine in your life. And that's the sort of thing that stresses me out. I hate to find that it's suddenly 11 o'clock and I haven't done anything, I haven't <laughs> achieved anything. <laughs> that, that would presuppose then you get up early in order to get your routine out of the way. Yeah, yes. I'm the same. And I just find getting up early and getting all the things done you need to just means you've got an expansive day rather than a rushing rushing around craziness. Yes. So, so you like everything in order, uh, but of course life doesn't always happen in order, does it? So no. I guess it's kind of preparing what you can so that you can accommodate those things that happen that aren't planned. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about empty nest then. Um, mm. I don't know how long that's been banded about, but as I don't have children, I, I've, I don't hear about it all the time. But of course, people are talking about it a lot now, aren't they? So yes, yeah. And sometimes you can become an empty nester, but it's a, it's very much a transient thing because quite often your children sort of come and go. So in my case, my eldest went off to university, gosh, um, uh, how old is he now? 25, 26, like 26 years, not 26 years ago, not much worse, six years ago, <laughs> six or seven years ago. <laughs> and when he first went, I was quite bereft. Um, and my daughter was very, she's four years younger. So she was very, oh, I'm getting rid of my brother. He says I can swap our rooms over. His room's bigger than mine. You know, and all this gung-ho. And then on the actual day, she was broken. She just cried and cried and cried when we got to Bristol, when we were dropping him off. And so I had to be brave. You know, I'm the mum. I had to be brave and, and be a shoulder for her to cry on. So I had to almost bottle up my emotions. And... Um, it, over the next sort of few weeks, I had lots of very empty moments where I was thinking, oh, it's really weird not having him in the house. And, and then you get to the stage, or I certainly got to the stage where I was, I started looking for the good in it. And it was, oh, I haven't got this six foot tall, um, skinny little thing that eats all the time, <laughs> eats me out of house and home. So I don't have to shop so often. And there's not as much laundry and there's not as much mess in the kitchen. So I started to look for the good things in it. And after a few months decided it might be nice if my daughter would go as well. Um, because you know, when they, when they first leave to go to university, you know, they're going to be popping backwards and forwards. And certainly I used to go and visit him um, 
we, we've got two little dogs and he was missing them. So I would drive down and take the dogs with me and take him out for lunch, have a little hug, you know, and then go back home. So there's lots of things you can do to stop yourself from missing them too much. And then, of course, the Christmas holidays come and they come home. I, I haven't yet, well, I say I haven't yet had to experience the, the absolute no one at home. Because of the four-year difference, my son finished university as my daughter started, um, but then he went off traveling. So I did then have absolutely no children at home. Um, and that was very strange. You know, just my husband would come home from work and it'd be just the two of us like, hmm. Well, that kind of changes the dynamic of the relationship between you doesn't it very much very yeah. much and I think it's something you you do have to manage because I can remember a friend of mine with um her youngest was the was the age of my eldest and she said to me when her first one went off to university and her second one she said lots of their friends the marriages were breaking up mm. after the children had gone there was nothing really to hold them together anymore and I think one big mistake and I, I think in a way this is like a British thing because in America it's all this make sure you have date nights after the baby comes along you know and they have this date night where they they go out with their partner but that was never encouraged when my children were small and I barely ever left my certainly my son who was my first one alone as a baby with a with a sitter um I, I barely never you know, if we went anywhere, we would take him with us. And then when we had Felicity, uh, I had by that stage started having a sitter for Harry occasionally. But um, with her, again, then I was not leaving them with the sitter because she was so tiny. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is bizarre that we don't think too much about our relationships. And men, you know, we hear so often about how men find it very hard to suddenly be not be the center of your world you know yes, for a woman that's the other end isn't it when you're a yeah. new mum but what about yeah. what about uh I don't know why I'm holding a pen uh what about <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the, the the difference it's made now and tips you can give to people on how to manage that yeah I think the key thing is you know it's going to happen Mm -hmm. I mean, you start doing university visits when your children are about 16. So you know it's going to happen and you have to start preparing your life. Mm -hmm. You know, did you, what were the things you used to do before you had children that you really enjoyed? So for me, I used to be an avid gym goer. I used to run and I'd kept up little bits of that since having the children, but not in anywhere near the way that I used to before I had the children. So I'd started getting back into some of that. Gyms are great places to meet people if you, you know, go down in the morning um, after dropping the children off, you'll find lots of other mums there. And at the moment, I know gyms might not be a place people want to go, but classes or online classes, if you don't have a lot of friends in the area, maybe outside of your children's schools, there's meet up online and you can meet up with people who go for a dog walk, who just go for lunch, who might want to learn a language together, um, who run craft clubs, knitting clubs, you name it. And there are meetup groups for everything. And you can pick something that you're passionate about or used to be passionate about and start making friends in that way so that you're not so lost it, it breaks my heart because I joined a couple of online um, Facebook groups 
and um, for empty nesters. And the, I think one is called empty nesters and one was called empty nester soon. And these women were just, they would write these essays on how lost they were and how they kept going into their child's bedroom and just sitting on their bed. And, and it just, it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't have to be that way. When we bring a child into the world, we know they're with us for, you know, 18 summers basically. And they will come back. Of course they will. I mean, my kids, I love spending time with them now, but I'm not their world anymore. They've got their friendship groups. They've got their friends from university, friends from school, from when they were at school, and they do their own thing. So I treasure those moments and I treasure the times we are together. But but by having my, you know, I, I'm into cycling now. So by having my friends I meet for cycling, um, we're actually spending a lot of our time here in Mallorca, um, where there's neither of the children are, they have been out obviously, and, and they love to visit. But it means that it is just my husband and I, and, and and I just keep my life really, really full, doing lots of lovely things. I think it's a great opportunity, actually, because you know what you're saying is people have uh, devoted their entire being to being a parent, uh, and that it creates a big hole. But it's an opportunity, a to create a new chapter, which it might build on what you used to enjoy before, but it might be actually, you know, I want to evolve into something else. Yeah, it might be, you know creating a new business or learning the piano I'm, I'm doing the piano at the moment mm. not so well um but also in preparing you know who do I want to be when when the kids are uh, have left or, or at university also preparing them because if the relationship is very very close it's going to feel very awkward for them when they go to university they haven't yeah. got mum and dad around uh, at their beck and call for whatever whenever they need a chat or a hug yeah. or a, a joke or whatever else they've got to develop their social skills yes in environment so there's kind of a double benefit there isn't there really absolutely and there's so much you can do to to make your bond stronger whilst making them independent so things like teaching them how to do the laundry and yeah. if they've never done it teaching them you know my daughter's always been in the kitchen with me and loves to, in fact she's a brilliant cook but my son had never really been that interested so I made him come on tonight we're going to do something we're going to do a bolognese you know the staples that students would eat and you can cook them together and it was brilliant because when he did go to uni he'd quite often FaceTime me. And I mean, there's something, we've got FaceTime, Zoom, all these things now, which yeah. certainly in our day of, of, of leaving home, we never had any of those things. Um, and he would sort of contact me and he'd say, right, I'm, I'm cooking for our house. To, you know, they had a, a big um, eight person apartment in the halls of residence. Oh, I'm, it's my turn to cook tonight and I'm cooking X, you know, but I'm not sure how to do this. What can I do? And, and he'd ring me in advance and I'd tell him what he needed to buy. And then he'd ring me while he was cooking it. Look, I'm doing it, is that right? You know, and it, it's just lovely because you've still got that contact. They still need you, but they are becoming more independent and, yeah. and sort of breaking away a little bit more. Mm. There's, there's a lovely quote that I, I use quite a lot, actually, with my clients for different reasons. It's, it's got a number of applications, but it's something, and I can't remember who, who said it, I'm so sorry, but it's something like, one of the difficult things about being a parent is teaching your child to, read, uh, to ride a bike. Uh, they need both, uh, oh gosh, uh, something like independence and security. 
that's not exactly what it is. The, the difficulty is that's all they will ever need. Because I think when you're a parent, you want to hold your child and protect them so much. But actually, yeah. by the falling down, I've really mucked up that quote. I'll see if I can dig it out and give the right one. Um, it's only by falling down and then having to get up and learn from that experience that they really develop and grow. That's yeah, absolutely. Nice. And, and I think it's a time, especially if you haven't prepared yourself, where you worry so much. Mm. I mean, I, you know, my son went to a school that was quite a long way away from where we lived. And so when he got to the stage when he was doing his A-levels and he used to go out after school, we, the, the school was in Hampton. We lived in Horsley. And a lot of his friends lived in Chiswick and Putney. And so they would go out into London at age 18 and he would get the train all the way back to Horsley. And this is, again, the difference between parents, I guess, because I'd be in bed and it would be a Friday or a Saturday night because he wasn't allowed to do it during the week. Um, and I'd be lying in bed and I'd think, oh, what time is it? Oh, I bet he's coming on the last train, which got into Horsley at something like 10 to 1 in the morning. And my husband would be snoring away and I'd be lying there. Oh, I can hear rain. Oh, it's raining. And we lived a good, you know, mile and a half from the station. And Harry would just, no streetlights in Horsley. Harry would just jog home. But I would nearly always still be awake. So I'd just put a dressing gown on, get in the car and go and pick him up. I guess that kind of protective instinct doesn't really go but when they're at uni it's got to you've got to let them yeah. go you've got to let them go and and I think you then you know there are nights when you lie there thinking oh I mean to me freshers week is the most ridiculous concept that these children who've never most of them never been away from home are suddenly away from home in a completely strange environment and encouraged to get drunk every night what's that about because you know how you feel when you're hung over the next morning. You mm. feel very vulnerable. And yet that's what they're encouraged to do. And I think it's a ridiculous concept. Mm. But, you know, I would lie at home worrying and, and want to call him, but want him to call me. And So and how would you manage that stress? Because that, that kind of is a stress that you can't do anything about you know, short of kind of phoning up, are you okay? You're not drunk, are you? <laughs> so what do you do about that stress or you just learn to live with it? You, well, you sort of learn to live with it, but I think another thing I did um, a few years before and, and not because I was preparing myself for, for the whole empty nest thing, but I started to explore my sort of spiritual side and mm. I got into meditation mm. and I think something like that is so good. So if you yeah. really are worrying, and you just sit down, you get a guided meditation to stop you worrying and really start to, you know, go into a nice deep meditation. You can come out of it. And, and I mean, I love that Mark Twain quote. Um, I've had a lot of uh, worry in my life, most of which has never happened. And it's true, isn't it? We yeah. all worry about, you yeah. know, if my husband was late home from work, if I knew he'd driven into London, and I'd be thinking, oh, God, I wonder if he's had an accident. You know, how ridiculous is that? So the meditation is something that really helps. Meditation is a brilliant thing. And if you've got into the whole sport thing, that's another thing. You know, you could go out for a walk or a run or okay. I had a treadmill at home. I was very lucky. So I could jump on the treadmill and, you know, just run out a couple of miles. But it would anything like that will stop that worry and stop you thinking about it. 
do something else do something that takes your mind off it have a nice hot bath with some nice music and and you know a nice bubbly bath and candles bit of you time but just to take your mind off it that has really been helpful thank you so much jill so i'm going to ask anybody who's got any other tips for dealing with uh emptiness syndrome to make some comments down below and um, if you would like to subscribe please do or forward this on to anybody that you think might benefit anyway for now let's say thank you very much Jill who's from my uh, is it is I was gonna say Marbella what is it with me I've written it down on a piece of paper (laughs) part of Spain Thanks and Sydney's so been Sydney's been keeping us all company. I saw as well. his little ear. I didn't mention it. But yes, hello, Sydney. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be on with you, Tricia. All right, and you too. You take care now. And you. Bye bye.